Hey everybody. Have you noticed within the past decade, holidays have grown appendages? It's kind of fun. New parties that fit a wider audience or put a spin on tradition. Valentine's sprouted Galentine's, coined by the hit TV show Parks and Rec. What's Galentine's Day? Oh, it's only the best day of the year. Every February 13th, my lady friends and I leave our husbands and our boyfriends at home and we just come and kick it breakfast style. Ladies celebrating ladies. It's like Lilith Fair minus the angst. Plus frittatas. Christmas in July hasn't really won me over yet, but it's a thing. And Thanksgiving got Friendsgiving. So you can fight with your friends before your more formal fight with your mother-in-law. I was talking to a friend and found out she has a tradition that branched out from Thanksgiving one more level in the most hilarious way possible. It's called Jake's Giving. Jake's Giving? Yeah. And this is around, you know, November, Thanksgiving time. And it's just like a Thanksgiving celebration, except in order to come to Jake's Giving, you must bring somebody named Jake. So, like, <laughs> there's just like 50 Jakes. There's just so many Jakes. <laughs> but the thing is, everybody knows somebody named Jake. And so it's not super hard to find somebody. But it's really, really entertaining and funny. And the best thing is to bring a Jake to Jake's giving without them knowing. <laughs> they just show up and they're like, hey, dude, what's your name? I'm Jake. Like, <laughs> oh my my name is nicole utley and this is getting together better a weekly podcast exploring the unique ways people gather and the secret sauce that makes time together meaningful memorable and magical You guessed it. Today we are talking about parties. Isn't it funny how that word comes with a mixed bag of emotions? Does it spark dopamine for you or dread? I'll admit it's a little bit of both for me. Uh, Sometimes parties just suck. And why? Tell me if this scenario sounds familiar. A friend of a friend is throwing a party and you think to yourself, I should go. Maybe catch up with some friends. Maybe meet somebody new. You have your hopes so high (laughs) and then you walk in and the room is packed, music's blaring, potato chips bouncing on the coffee table to the beat. People are in clumps yelling to each other over the music and you feel that dread of having to awkwardly slice into a conversation. You spot a few friends, maybe meet a few people. They ask, where are you from? You ask, what do you do for work? blah 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 and then you get held hostage in a conversation with a guy named greg who burns the last 30 minutes of your social stamina talking about politics forgetting that he can also ask questions and you leave just exhausted there's there's gotta be a better way right listen i applaud anybody willing to throw a party i think party planners are generally people who care about people we just get stuck in what i call the apples to apples trap Do you remember when Apples to Apples came out? It was this fresh new party game, interesting new method of playing. Uh, You could play with a lot of people. It was novel, entertaining. It gave us something to do together. But then everyone got it and it became this go-to. 
and then it became a crutch. And then at some point, five million spinoffs later, I'm looking at you, Cards Against Humanity. Someone pulls the game out and you just have to stifle your gag reflex and make it through the next 30 to 45 minutes. Apples to Apples is a perfect miniature model of what happens to novel party themes on a larger scale. They're so inventive at first, and it's funny to see what they produce. Remember White Elephant and Ugly Sweater Parties? So funny. But now you get five invitations to the same exact party every season and leave with a dumb trinket, take it to the next White Elephant. And Walmart now makes extra ugly sweaters on purpose. We've really come full circle. I think it's okay if we let that one go. But I get it. It's it's easier to go with a tried and true thing. You're still getting people together and that's what matters. But what if you could come up with party themes that could crack people up or get people being creative again or connect people more? Here are five ideas to fuel your brainstorming next time you're looking for a fresh party theme. You know that song that says, let's give them something to talk about? Tip number one is theme your party around a conversation topic. I saw a hilarious video of a party with the theme white lies. Everyone was wearing a t-shirt and they wrote in Sharpie a little white lie on it. Like, I'm six feet tall. I'm always on time. I saw one that said, I won't make a TikTok about you. I went to a red flags party also where they had posters up for people to write their red flags. And then reading other people's red flags also made for an easy conversation starter. If you know everyone that's coming well enough, I've always thought it would be so fun to make name tags that say, ask me about fill in the blank with something that you know they're super into or have special expertise on. People don't want to brag about themselves, but deep down, people do want to brag about themselves or they just get really lit up when they're talking about something that they're passionate about. So when it's you doing the bragging for them, it just makes everybody shine. Tip number two is make it co-creative. Just because you're the host of the party does not mean you have to do all the work. In fact, the more people participate, the more invested they become in the party. I think this is why murder mystery parties are so successful, because people have a clear role and it's an experience created in real time by everyone participating. I would not consider myself theatrical, but I was once assigned the part of a reporter at a 20s themed murder mystery. And... I don't even know where it came from, but I found myself with a celery stick hanging out of the side of my mouth like a cigarette saying things like, so kid, what's your story? And at the end of the night, I also received the award for best death. (laughs) You get sucked in. Here's another story. I stumbled on a Reddit post the other day from a guy whose friends threw him a surprise sock puppet party for his birthday. He said, horrendously drunken people communicating through sock puppets is about twice as funny as it sounds. One friend got to the party late because he had been arrested earlier that day, and there's a video of him somewhere telling the story as two opposing sock puppets. So try out a theme where people have to come in costume or bring something or they have a job at the party. One piece of advice on this is that people will be most likely to participate if they feel very clear on what they need to do. So if it is something more involved like a murder mystery or a talent show, give them plenty of notice and detailed directions. Or if you just want people to be involved as they come, give people simple, specific jobs as they arrive. Like, hi, Donna, will you be the official giver outer of miniature cocktail umbrellas? And hey, Joe, your job is to ring the gong at midnight. Number three, rather than a specific party theme, 
try out a niche guest list. Think of your favorite restaurant. There are restaurants out there that have just about everything on the menu, but I bet that's not the one you thought of. Am I right? The best parties aren't trying to be everything to everyone. They're amazing for someone. Having a niche guest list is not about being snobby or exclusive, and it's definitely not about everybody being the same. In fact, I would push for diversity, but it's about being very thoughtful and intentional about curating a group of people that will vibe well together. Here's a quick example. Every January, I plan a sledding trip with the intention of introducing friends of mine who don't know each other yet. It's just a wee little cabin, so with only 10 or 12 spots, I pay a lot of attention to the group dynamic. I think about people who have similar interests they might connect on, and I aim for a mix of introverts and extroverts. And I tell people that they've been hand-selected to be there together, and the purpose of the weekend is to make friends. And it totally changes the energy that people show up with, because nobody wants to be invited as an afterthought or as a body to fill the room. Curating a niche guest list is a way to honor your guests because they know that you want them there. My last piece of advice on this is to take a lesson from the people that plan conventions. The more niche you can get, the more comfortable people feel in that really specific element, being themselves. Speaking of which, did you know there's an annual convention for the Association of Lincoln Presenters, aka Lincoln Lookalikes who do Civil War reenactments? It's affectionately known as Lincoln. Number four. Give your party an objective. The other day I got this text from a friend who just moved. Hey, I am having a literal raise the roof party. Essentially, my insurance gave me 10 days notice that I need to change the roof or they're going to cancel my insurance. So my friend invited us to come by and help for any amount of time and promised pizza and ice cold water. You may think, okay, rude. You can't just invite everyone for a party and then put them to work. But why not? Communities used to work together and play together. They'd have a barn raising followed by a picnic. And there's major bonding around accomplishing something together. If you're keen on something a little less manual labor-y, plug in a different objective. Remember bottle flipping? That trend circa 2016 where everyone started passing the time trying to flip water bottles and land them upright? It's such a simple concept. But there's something so engaging and unifying about doing challenges together. Look at Dude Perfect. I can't think of a better example of an objective-based party than Task Party, an idea brought to life by artist Oliver Herring. Basically, you walk into a party, draw a task out of a box, and complete it. Write other tasks, put them into the box for other people, and repeat. It sounds simple, maybe even boring, but it is the most delightful thing I've ever seen. Stay tuned for an entire episode about Task Party. And finally, number five. As the old saying goes, when the going gets meticulous, the meticulous get ridiculous. Okay, nobody says that. I just made that up. That doesn't even make sense. But here's my best advice. Get ridiculous, man. What are you going to remember in 30 years? Your five millionth movie night or the night you painted self-portraits in pudding? It doesn't have to be elaborate or expensive. Just get creative and give people a novel experience and a story to tell. Here are a few of the most random parties I've been to, hosted, or heard of. First up, in college I knew this apartment that would throw a 10 to 10 dance party. Every night at 9.50 p.m., anyone was welcome and they would dance their little hearts out for exactly 10 minutes, and at 10 p.m., everyone went home. 
Number two, I don't know where my parents got this idea, but in high school, we bought a rain gutter, a plastic one from the hardware store and two caps for the ends. And we threw a party and told everyone to bring ice cream toppings. And we made the most massive communal 10 foot long ice cream sundae. Number three, someone on Reddit said they went to a party where the idea was to throw a surprise party for the pizza delivery guy. When he arrived, they had signs and silly string and they shouted, surprise! Number four, my friend Lauren told me about a costume party she went to where the theme was, get this, dress like one of your ancestors. (laughs) I still need to follow up on that and learn more. And I'll end with this story from my friends Austin and Charlie. In college, they threw a very uniquely themed party, which I missed entirely because the moment I arrived, there was smoke billowing out of the apartment. So my cousin, Rachel, she knew how much I liked carrots. So one day she just, she was living in Idaho at the time, but she bought, it was either 25 or 50 pounds, but it was just an absurd amount of carrots. And she just drove down and dropped it off on my porch and then left. We've had some ideas of things we can do with carrots. And I was like, why don't we just throw a party and have it carrot themed and just carrot everything. Initially, they were just going to invite their friends and neighbors. But then we decided, this is insane. Let's invite literally every person we know. (laughs) And they did carrot everything, including... We made carrot ice cream. Carrot decorations and carrot centerpieces. A song by Selena Gomez. <laughs> and a guest book where you could sign in with a carrot quill. I forgot about that. That was a really nice touch. You know, it's all in the details. We got rid of that whole bag. <laughs> we used all, bag. all the carrots. But there was one more carrots prize left in store. It was funny because I was wondering how we were going to get everyone out of my apartment. And then Austin and one of our friends, Lydia, started decided to like fry the carrot in grease and started a grease fire. And if you've ever wanted to clear a room, a grease fire is the way to go. Because first of all, it's terrifying. (laughs) And second of all, it smells so bad. (laughs) And although the party went down in flames, it also went down in history. If you can find joy and be enthusiastic about something that's so commonplace, and then turn it into some sort of inside joke or shared experience, maybe that's too like existential and deep for Carrot Party. But everyone that went will always remember Carrot Party and how wacky and funny and like silly it was. <laughs> there was a sense of, what, what, what's that thing called when you like see a, a show and then you leave with like a... Trauma bonding? <laughs> it's like the opposite of trauma bonding. Maybe a Watts trauma bonding. <laughs> yeah. the fire, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, it's like a sense of community built around something commonplace and fun and adds flavor to life. The flavor, in this case, being carrot. And that's our show today. In summary, here are the five ideas you can plug in when brainstorming for your next party theme. Number one, use a conversation topic as the basis for your party theme, like white lies or red flags. Number two, make it co-creative and participatory, like a murder mystery party or a puppet show. Number three, rather than a niche theme, try curating the guest list instead. Number four, 
Give the party an objective that guests work on together, like roofing your house or bottle flipping or task party. And number five, don't be afraid to get a little ridiculous. Give people something novel, a story to tell. Be it a 10 minute dance party, a 10 foot Sunday, or a grease fire. Okay, your turn. This is Getting Together Better, a production of Nedco, the niche experience design company. You can catch a new episode of Getting Together Better every Thursday, and I would love to hear from you. What are the best experiences you've had, or some you're itching to create? DM me on Instagram at gettingtogetherbetter, or shoot me an email at hello at nedco.fun. You heard that right, N-E-D-C-O dot F-U-N. See you next week. <laughs>